Oh, is this the intro music? Ooh, eclectic tartanism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a hit. I've got to say, this is this is shambolic, Jeff. <laughs> hit that button, baby. This is where the magic happens. Um, Mahomes. I prefer Mahomes, if that's okay. That's fine. We can go yeah. with Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick and Mahomes. Yeah. He was saying he wants the, the Raptors to move to Kansas City. The Raptors. There's no way the Raptors will ever move. Which uh, I thought, well, not for was, a while. First of all, it was a very confusing headline to mm. read. Patrick Mahomes, NFL football quarterback, yeah. wants the Raptors to play in Kansas City. Is he Canadian? I don't know. Why, why, did, no, why specifically not. the Raptors? So... I didn't read the whole article because so that would have been fucking that, helpful, Jeff. <laughs> it's a, uh, I think because the Raptors can't play in Canada because of the of the pandemic oh, and crossing over the border to I play see, games yeah. is going to be difficult. So they're trying to work something out. And so he was right, probably just right. joking. So you're not saying that it's a long term solution that the franchise well, should move lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. To you would Kansas think that's City. what he was suggesting. The way that Kansas City folks took it. Mm. Or sorry, excuse me, Toronto folks. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, they're quite passionate ab about their team, to be fair. And and rightly so, because they have been quite successful for the last few years. The Raptors. Yeah, so they were they were the champions, the NBA champions last year. Right. Uh, before the Lakers uh, just nipped in and, and took it. So, yeah, they're definitely a, a vastly improved team from when you were following sports in about 1986. So I'm, I'm guessing they don't have Vince Carter anymore. No. They don't have Vince Carter. <laughs> Vince Carter actually retired last year. I think he's one of the longest-serving yes. NBA players of all time. You'd yeah, have to check that. But I, he definitely played last year. I, he might have played on Atlanta. I, I don't know exactly, but Atlanta were garbage. During the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he literally played. <laughs> what? Um, How old is he? Like 40, 40-something. 40 like 42. Holy shit. Yeah. Can we curse? Playing. I think we can curse. Why I've not? cursed several times already, so I'm I was wondering. Out. I was wondering, but I don't know who I'm asking. It's a whole <laughs> podcast. Pretty sure. Please we God, can we curse? Can yeah. I? Can I ask? Could maybe both of you just talk a little bit about how you got into specifically U.S. sports? Into U.S. sports. I know both of you probably grew up watching football. Um, and I rugby. grew up. I grew up watching the NFL. Um, our next door neighbors, when I was really young, I was about four years old, and um, they had family living in the states, and they used to come over at Christmas. And I just remember going to their house every year and uh, we would always play American football in their living room. Mm. Where were one they? Of those little squeezy balls. Where this was in, in Manchester. Uh, but the family from the And States. the family, they were living in Houston. So I became a, a, a defunct um, Houston Oilers fan. Default. Default, sorry. Or yeah. defunct. Yeah. Well, now. Now they are. Now they yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably where I got mixed up. Houston yeah. Oilers. Yeah, I was a yeah. Houston Oilers fan back in the uh, in the early '80s, and I actually went to Warren see Moon. Yeah, right? yeah, great mustache. And I actually went to see L.A. Rams versus the Denver Broncos at Wembley Stadium 
when I was about seven years old in an exhibition game. This was before the NFL came to England and now has regular season games yeah. in mm. the UK. Well, this was just an end of season kind of exhibition game. And your man, um, Denver Broncos quarterback. Oh, way. Yes, indeed. He was playing. Uh, and it could have been... Cannon. It could have been Kurt Warner was playing oh. for the LA Rams at quarterback as well. Really? It might be before Warner's Warner. time. It might have been before Warner's time. I what can't year? remember. That would have been maybe 87. No, no, yeah, it's way before. He, I think yeah. he started like 94. He's, yeah, he's a late 90s guy. Ah, okay. He's also got a fascinating he, he uh, didn't, yeah, story. He didn't story. really break out till later in his career. I think he was working in like a supermarket He had supermarket like a flutey kind of trajectory where he's just like, what? I think he was like, seriously, I think he was working in like a supermarket and he was trying to get, <laughs> I, you'd have to look at He threw like a loaf of bread across but the, well, he he wow. He somehow had this weird trajectory where he ended up uh, trying out or something, some weird thing where he came through a very unconventional pair. Well, he, he and they had a bunch of injuries, and then he was just there, and then he just exploded. The reason, actually, I, I, and I know this because I was listening to uh, a Sports Illustrated uh, conversation a couple of days ago that he went over to Germany and he played in the European NFL League, mm. and that's how he got spotted. Okay. Um, and that's how he kind of got his minutes. Uh, it was uh, it was on Sky Sports, was what it was on. They were talking about right. the NFL in Europe, NFL Europe, and now it's all folded. Uh, yeah, I had no idea that existed. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting story because <laughs> they were saying that like NFL teams, well, obviously there's the NFL, and then there's really mm. nothing underneath that in terms of practice uh, squads or abilities to play matches. So you had college and then the NFL. Yeah. And there was nothing in between. So whereas football, for example, has like 10 divisions, so you, you can loan players out and they'll still get game time. There was nothing for the NFL that if you weren't in the first team, then you were just not getting minutes. So yeah. you were never match ready if somebody went down injured. Mm. So they would send... When, yeah, short of playing in a whole separate league. Yeah. Across the country. Which yeah. there really wasn't. There wasn't. There a were good, a few. But they weren't a good enough standard. Mm. And even no. the, the Canada was pretty poor as well. Yeah, that's so, interesting. So uh, NFL Europe started up and they had teams. They had the London Monarchs were huge. Do I remember, remember that. The London yeah, Monarchs I remember the London back Monarchs. Home. Um, and then actually they were saying that Germany was even bigger than the UK for the NFL. Hmm. And they would like to see games played in the future, regular season games being played back in Europe again, outside of England. Okay. And uh, how about you, Ben? Um, uh, well, okay. So the first time I really touched like American sports actually was, was Mega Drive. Oh, wow. In England, we called the Genesis the Mega Drive, I think. Was Sega it Genesis? Genesis? It was the Master System. It was, was the, the Master first System one. was the first one, and then like Mega Alex Drive the was kid. the better one. And then Mega Drive was at like two red buttons on either side. Do you mm. know another one? You'll have a different name for it, but it was a Sega console, and we had an NHL game. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I really got introduced to American sports, and then we also got like a Madden. Yeah, for playing those, and then Madden. That was me. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, like the EA series. Like we would get those, and me and my brother would like play against each other. And NBA Jam, NBA Jam. We had (sighs) that street, the street one. I forget which one it was. Oh, Oh. it's it's just a Sega. Yeah, you just called it Ah. Sega. Okay, but there was two systems. There was there was a Mega Drive and a and a a Master System. Yeah, Master System was the first one, wasn't it? Right, right. And Mega Drive was like that was the same level as like a Super as like a SNES. Yes, Super Nintendo. Um. Yeah, so me and my brother used to play a lot of like Mega Drive, then PlayStation. That's so naturally like you when you're competing with a sibling, especially a brother, you like playing sports games. Yeah. So that was my kind of my early segue. And then after my parents divorced, my mum remarried and well, she married an American and emigrated uh, to originally to Socorro in New Mexico, and then after that to Colorado Springs. Um, so that makes me a Nuggets fan, a Rockies fan, an Avalanche fan, and a Broncos fan. And a Rapids and, fan. And a Rapids fan. But I, Rapids. I mean, I'm not a massively into NHL or um, baseball, to be honest. I'll, I'll I'll watch NFL every now and again, but but NBA is the only American sport I really follow closely. Yeah. Which is Mine a shame because we, we we also have Zach Kingsley as well, who was a Colorado Rapids. He was. That's right. Uh, yeah. Player as well. He was actually the rookie MVP of wow. the MLS. Yeah. For the Colorado Rapids. He told me a story about Carlos Valderrama once. Who played uh, on the Rapids, and he said he bloody loves crosswords. That <laughs> Kingsley mad could, on crosswords. Uh, could tell you either. some stories that would make your balls shrink to the size of peanuts. Mm. Um, good lad, very man. interesting uh, character. Yeah, he's a good chap. Yeah, yeah. I was in San Diego uh, for about six months, and uh, he also was living there at the time. I used to go. He used to go. We used to. He used to go surfing. I used to try mainly paddle out <laughs> then paddle in and fall down and then we'd just do that every now and then we'd go for a beer actually funny story is when the world cup was on i happened to be there at the time and i went to a bar in pacific beach with him walked into the bar with my england shirt on obviously everyone is it was england <laughs> usa yeah <laughs> this, and was this as, the was this the rob green nightmare yes it was that game right so i walk in the bar and immediately everyone starts yelling at me like everyone's like yeah, like get the, just get the fuck out of here. Like yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like all this on the <laughs> other. So naturally, when you're faced with a baying crowd, yeah. the only option is to just be like, yeah. exactly. You, know, you just really own it, right? But because yeah. I had Zach with me, so I was like, you know what, I'll be all right. And then I turn around, and he just ran to the bathroom and just left me in front of this absolute mob that was baying like crowd. Right, they were out for my blood. <laughs> so then to continue owning it, obviously, when England scored, we went up. Yeah, I was like cheering and like shouting, and everyone sit the fuck down. Like people are like throwing, like uh, what those cops called that Americans have, like red solo cops. Oh right, like empty solo cops and stuff. And then and then you know, but I was just like owning it as you have to do. You (laughs) have to. Yeah, you've got no choice. If you don't lean into it, they'll just eat you alive. They'll yeah, Yeah. they'll eat you alive. Like happened with you at uh, an Aussie game with cricket, I think, fairly recently at a bar, maybe. Uh, Yeah, the bigger one was the rugby. I was in Wales, right, and I walked in in an England top and a scarf, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, you're gonna get your head kicked in when this game's over." And I was like. (laughs) Well, if I'm going to get my head kicked in anyway, I may as well enjoy it. And I just started cheering for them even louder. And then uh, a guy behind me set my scarf on fire and it just burnt into two pieces. Mm. So I was like, right, that's where it's at then. I'll, I better sing louder. And by the end of it, they bought me a lot of beers. Wowzers. Uh, and we had a very good evening. Yeah, yeah that's uh, the only way, that's the only way you can do it. It's literally it? the only way to If you, you can't can literally beat up everyone mm. in the bar... Mm. 
that's your only choice. Right. Yeah. And I, the, then later on the same game, when obviously when America scored, everyone was just <laughs> crowded around me, yelling in my face, like, yeah. take that, USA, USA. But I think you're actually safer. You're actually safer than if you're if by yourself. If there's like five English lads. Then you're in trouble. Then you're actually in trouble because they're like, it seems more of a fair fight. Yeah. yeah. So there's a yeah. mob mentality right. of our, our mob against your mob. Right. But if it's like, if you're on your own, it's like, you might be a dick, mm. but we're not going to just completely crack you out. Right. It's not, it seems like it's not sporting. No. If exactly. If you'll excuse yeah, yeah, yeah. Excused. Um, so yeah, so big Nuggets fan. They had a great season this year, obviously, and I think they will be good for probably three years. They've got a lot of interesting decisions to make during the summer. Um, Jeremy Grant, they have to decide whether to keep him or not. I mm-hmm. think they should definitely keep him. Oh yeah, definitely got to keep that guy. Uh, he's a, he's a yeah, he's good. Keep he's him. very good. He's a great. I mean, he was defending LeBron and Kawhi in both those things. He shoots well. LeBron's as, good. I know that. Yeah, LeBron is very good. He's so, still playing, you know. He's been around a while. Been around a little yeah. while. He's he has been around a while, uh, and, he, and he shows no overrated, signs of underrated. slowing down. What do you think on LeBron? I'm a big fan, um, and I know that that might be um, controversial in some spheres. I know that Keith would have a lot to say on that. What that you're a fan of LeBron James? Yeah. Why? Because there's a lot of hatred for him, isn't there? Let's be fair. There's just a lot of animosity towards him going back to the decision. Mm. Um, all those years ago and the fact that he left Cleveland to go to Miami and essentially buying the championship by getting three other guys or well, two other guys wasn't it? it was Dwayne Wade Chris Bosh uh, Chris Bosh and himself all on the same <clears throat> team and there was a lot of argument that they'd manufactured it and engineered it so that it would happen that way and that they would then lock down uh, Miami and, and the tournament thereafter but isn't that how you're supposed to do it? Well, it's sort of frowned always, upon in a way. Yeah, teams are, teams are supposed to sort of grow organically. I think that's why. Like for <laughs> me personally, United and Arsenal are like the last Premier League teams of the of the top flight, maybe exception of Tottenham, that are sort of accept like their success. But mm. anytime City or Chelsea win the league, yeah. it's always tainted yes, for me. Now you're it's right. always tainted for me. I just can't see it in even, the same I way. Can, I can even see that just sitting on kind of on the periphery of, of soccer specifically. I, you don't hear a lot of people talking shit about man, you buying championships. No, cause you sort of, there's a pet, there's a sort of a history and a pedigree there. Yeah. Um, but, the but then Chelsea what is thing. the line? Like, how long do you have to build it before people will accept? Well, I mean... It's, it has to do with the owners too, right? Yes. And there's a lot of animosity towards Manchester United as a club, just in general, um, because of their success and because of the money that they've spent. But I think you are entirely right that there's a different opinion to Man City and Chelsea mm. than there is to Arsenal... United, Liverpool, yeah, because Liverpool, Spurs. Spurs. If you look at the amount of money that has been spent by all the top teams in the Premier League, and even the middling teams, middle of the road teams, mid table teams in the Premier League, it far outweighs everything else that's spent around the rest of Europe. I think yeah. actually Leicester in the last 10 years, we've spent more money than Bayern Munich, mm, yeah, which I is think I phenomenal. So, you know, there just isn't 
the return on investment. Well, I suppose Leicester did win a league, so there's some return on investment there. But it might even be something ridiculous like Everton have spent more money than Bayern Munich. Mm. Um, now, obviously, you can say that the amount of money that is spent across the league is so high that everybody has to keep spending to keep up with the Joneses. But it's just so far yeah. outside of the sphere of every yeah. other country in Europe. It's, it's yeah. phenomenal. Mm. Um, but you're right, certainly, that if you look at now... Any time that Chelsea or City win the league, as you said, it's got that tainted feel to it. For me, yeah. And when you say, like, how Chelsea long will too. it be? Yeah, Chelsea Chelsea were the first one. Mm. Yeah. Um, they had the tinkerer at that time. Yeah, Claudio Ranieri. And, yeah, and then Abramovich yeah. comes in and just dumps a just dumps an absolute stack of money on it. And then they have all the success. They, they were, a, the thing, that I used to really like Chelsea, actually. This Zola, Di Matteo... Like that kind of era, well, slightly before that he came? Yeah, there was the story that uh, they finished fourth on the final game of the season in what year would it have been? Maybe 96, 97? No, it would have been a little bit later than that, wouldn't it? Maybe. Uh, when Abramovich came in. And if they hadn't have won the final game of the season to claim fourth, that actually they would have gone under. Oh, really? Because Abramovich wouldn't have bought oh, Who them. was your man before uh, that? And it was Ken Bates Ken who Bates, was in charge right, yeah. before that. And yeah, I'll, the word on the street was that they wouldn't have survived until the, the mm. new season. Um, and it was only the, the win on the last day of the season that secured fourth that got them a Champions League that meant Abramovich went, yes, okay, I'll sanction the, the purchase. Mm. And then from then, they, as you said, they went and bought the title. Right. But it's, it's amazing when you look back because if you look at this buying the title, they didn't actually spend that much money mm. it, in comparison to today. Mm. I think they only spent about thirty million pound, if I right. remember rightly. They bought Shevchenko was a um, big but at the time it was yeah. I think they put, didn't they pay like eleven million pound for Frank Lampard, mm. which was peanuts when you consider what he went on and did mm. for the club. Uh, they bought Lampard. They bought Joe Cole. Right, uh, Damien Duff, Aryan yeah. Robin, yeah. Petr Cech, um, all in a very, very short period of time. Mm. And they went and they won the league. And it was because they'd bought like five players in that one transfer window. It very much had that feel. I think United maybe spent a very similar amount of money. They bought maybe bought Veron Veron for 28.2 million. Yeah. Um, which was almost exactly the same amount of money that exactly. they spent. You say who now, but at the time he was he was a fucking superstar. He was a world world superstar. Yeah, he yeah. played for Argentina and Inter Milan. Yeah. Um, no idea who that is. Oh, fantastic! What a, Great what touch. A player. He then went to Chelsea. Chelsea <laughs> bought him from United for mm. about forty million pound. Mm. About two seasons later, and he was a flop there as well. Right, um, which is a shame. I remember listening to a story not so long ago, actually, um, with. Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, David Beckham, Gary Neville, and Roy Keane. And Roy Keane knows a thing or two about midfielders. Um, and they were all saying he, he was the best player in the squad by mm. an absolute country mile. But he just couldn't play in the system because United played with a flat back four and a flat four in the middle. Yeah, and it was and just a 4-4-2. Four, four, yeah. And Varon couldn't play in that system. Mm. He had to play in a diamond or right. in a three. right. Um, and the Premier League was kind of so 
old style and mm. certainly Manchester United were of that need for two out and out wingers. Mm. You have to have two wingers. And even Diamond was seen as a bit fruity. Yeah, it was. Well, like, Chelsea, oh, you're playing Diamond. Chelsea Ooh. were the first ones to play the Diamond. Right. And it was very much like, oh, what's going on there? You're getting all Ooh, European. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll have none of that muck. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of that interesting attacking football where we're from. So you're right. But I think also if you look at um, United and if you look at Liverpool, not so much Arsenal, but they did it a different way. That United, because of the class of 92, mm. they were afforded so much wiggle room, shall we say, in the amount of money that they actually spent there afterwards mm. because they'd won all these championships with the class of 92. Right. That you were then sprinkling additional players in there. Your Yapstams, your Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand, £28 million. Mm. Um, an expensive purchase. Uh, there were plenty of them. But because that spine of the team was all young English guys who'd grown up in Manchester, been brought up through the academy, mm. that it was it was okay. Right. They said they didn't spend any less money than Chelsea. So, see, to me, mm. it's not about the amount of money. It's nothing to do with the amount of money. It's to do with the fact that if you take Chelsea as they were before, and then at that time in the transfer season, if your club made a big purchase, it was like a major event. Mm. And then for Chelsea to be able to go from just being... You know, as you said, like getting to fourth, the sort of upper mid table, lower of of the the good players, for them to be able to go out and in consecutive transfer windows buy whoever and mm. make like three or four big purchases, that just never happened at that time. No, it, didn't. it just didn't. You, like if your club made one purchase that was a significance, that's exciting. But for Chelsea to be able to go like, oh, like Chelsea have bought this guy, this guy, this, guy, and you're just like, how? What is going on here? It just mm. didn't seem fair. And when you ask like, how long will it take? For that to change it, I think for my for my generation, maybe, we'll always see them in that way. But for the younger people that are watching football now have grown up with the idea of Chelsea and City being yeah. always up there, they don't think of it this way. They just think they think that's what United was for us. Or new yeah. fans. Or yeah, Liverpool. People, people have come to the sport mm. recently. Um just to uh to bring it back to the NBA, as we started this off talking about LeBron and mm. was it the Heat? Yeah, so yeah, he, he went to Miami. Miami yeah. yeah, so after they stacked this team, well, they went they on won a they, chip. They went on and they they won the championship. Um, but chip. they actually only they only won one, just the one. Hmm. I always find it bizarre with American sports because there is the unwritten rule that you don't take as much money as you're worth because it allows for salary cap space yeah. for other players to get paid. Well, it makes sense when there are salary caps. Which makes sense which when there are salary have. caps. Which we don't have in football, um, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but it's almost like there's all there's another unwritten rule that you don't go so cheap that you can then stack the deck with three great guys who also don't take as much as they're worth so that they can win a title. And I have this conversation with uh, another friend of ours and he's American. Hey, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. But he's saying that, well, you know, it's not really right. You shouldn't do that. You should, as you said, Ben, organically grow this team. And it's like, Mm. well, 
Where? What is Why? the limit exactly then? Should you take the money that you're worth uh, and then not leave any money on the table for others or you shouldn't take a certain amount? What? What is the right amount that you should be taking? Yeah. Oh, I you think... guys are too good. You shouldn't be allowed to be on the same team? Yes. People, exactly people just dislike it. Yeah, everyone said that when uh, Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, they were like, "Oh, he, the Warriors beat Oklahoma in the in the finals, and, and now he's joined them, them yeah. to win but a th- ring." There are more than three good players in the league. At the you know, very very elite level, at the very very elite level, if you have like two, maybe three, then you're going to make the finals. And if you make the finals, then it, you know, depends on the quality right. of the other conference. It happens if you look at football, certainly German football. Bayern Munich have done that for decades. They always take Borussia Dortmund's best players. And they generally get them on a free as well, which is really annoying. Okay. Uh, Lewandowski, hmm. uh, Goetze. Uh, they've, had a, they've had quite a few more. In, See, in even that, times. even that is from... From like kind of our era, the Bosman ruling. The Bosman ruling, yeah. The only reason that they could before this time, like if you were signed with a club, they could just basically say that you were not allowed to leave, right? Is that right? Um, and then Bosman, only, Bosman only was until the end of your contract, right? Um, and then you had the ability to leave, but teams had to pay the club a compensation fee, right? So. Uh, and yeah, and so Bosman, the Bosman, Bosman was a, a Dutch player, I think. Yeah, he was. And, and his argument no, it was, was in Belgium. Belgium, maybe. And his argument was, you're interfering with my right to work. Like I'm out of contract. Yeah. But my club won't let me go and play for someone else because they want to get this compensation money. And the European Court ruled that it was infringing on his right to work, that he should be able to sell his labour on the market. Yeah. And so they ruled that if a player's contract ends, he is allowed to sign for anyone else for free. Yeah, and it was the first time that happened, nineteen ninety mm. something. Yeah, Mark Bosman. Right. Mm. Anything to add on Mark Bosman? You you said Mark Bosman <laughs> very confidently, and then you just sort of just smiled so, about him. Do you have a fond memory of him or something? I went out for a couple of beers. <laughs> Me and Mark. Oh man, I tell you what, bloody great lad. So where do you stand? So then, just to finish on on LeBron, are you saying <clears throat> properly rated then, as as, as his his career? Uh, in terms of, of GOAT status yeah, versus yeah, just... other players uh, historically, Jordan, Magic Johnson, da-da-da-da-da. Um, I mean, I don't think you're ever going to be able to have a, a true uh, comparison between players of different eras. It's just really not possible. Um, I think on his own and in his own right, LeBron is one of the best players to have ever played. Um, I think the fact that he's pushing 40 and he's still a beast yeah. in a league who's just gone and won a title with the Lakers despite the fact that they have some very good players as well in Anthony <clears throat> Davis I think he is a generational talent and I think people appreciate his talent to a certain extent but I do think that he is underrated can, can I just say that underrated. You, you mentioned like great players of all time you said Michael Jordan Magic Johnson da, 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 and you didn't mention my boy Jay, Will- Jay Williams Oh, <laughs> which Jay. I know would have. Ex- Sorry, you know, I'm a bit annoyed about that. I'm not wearing well, the socks today, but yeah, that's that's why. Without the socks on, I was lost. Right. I'd have gone. I'd have probably gone Larry Bird before I went Big J. Let's, yeah. uh, I actually like this underrated, overrated type. Let, let's continue on with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to do some rapid fire here. Overrated, underrated. Ben, dunking. You mean like 
the donuts or the act? the dunk um for me honestly like i came into nba like quite late only a couple of years and it was jason williams that got me into it because i saw a youtube clip <laughs> of his highlights i was like if basketball's like that i'll fucking watch it every day. <laughs> uh, and so i started paying more attention then denver started doing well so i got more into it so um for me that the whole thing around dunking is just a bit sort of uh, like i'm english and I didn't grow up with basketball. So for me, it just sort of, I just don't, I'm not just never really that impressed with it, to be honest. I'm kind of the Unless same. it's really pretty. Like yeah. Murray did a really, really nice one against Utah where he did a 360. But even that was a layup now that I think about it. So yeah, I don't really give I a fuck about dunking. I kind of put like dunking in the same category as a home run. I think, yeah. So the, the excitement behind a home run or a dunk, mm. more so a home run, is you get all the runs. Well, the dunk, still two points. It's usually just a regular dunk. Yeah, I'm with you. You get like one second of like a hit of dopamine. Oh, mm. yeah, dunk. And then it's over. But to compare that with like a really sweet play. Yeah. Like two or three passes connected together. Right. To beat the defense. So I really appreciate really nice passes. And the great thing about that is the Nuggets have the best passing center and probably one of the best passing players in the league. Who's that? Of all time, best passing center of all time is Nikola Jokic, without a doubt. But Would they have it be okay if he never dunked. That's fine by me. I okay. like his passing. So and it his, sounds like Ben's shooting. overrated on the dunk. Hmm. Solidly, it's a tough one. Um, t- you, you made a very good comment earlier. And you went, "Well, I'm English," <laughs> and it's like that kind of it's was not it's, very it's, nice. It's kind of a throwaway <laughs> comment, but it, it's actually true because there is something very un-English. Yeah, about dunking. putting your oh, nuts God, in yeah. someone's mouth because is just it's very impolite. Hey, putting your nuts in someone's mouth. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, but just showboating that, in general. Yeah, is kind showboating of for showboating's sake is is frowned upon highly, mm. like back home. Yeah. Having said all of that, I think it's underrated and it's great. A good dunk is underrated, when, maybe when it's a good dunk, yeah. but. I don't feel that these days the dunks are as good as they used to be. Now, A, is that just nostalgia? <laughs> uh, possibly so. But there are, I mean, there are still some good dunks, don't get me wrong. But just the the anger with which Sean Kemp used to dunk a basketball after a pass from um, Peyton, the glove, when he was playing for the yeah. Seattle Supersonic. I could watch him dunk all day Great team name. Um, because he was just, oh, he was so angry when he dunked that ball. That felt like it was worth way more than two points. And it's like You're a genuine expression. Anger. Actually, there was something I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about early Premier League. And this was related in the sense that back in that time, like sportsmen were sportsmen. They were basically sportsmen. And that was pretty much it. Mm. Nowadays, every player in every Every commercial sport that exists is not only a sportsman, they're a brand. So everything has to be carefully managed and this, that, and the other. Yeah. In addition to that is the fact that the dunk is inherently has an element of risk to it compared to a layup. So now when you see a breakaway, you're much more likely to just see a, a player layup rather than dunk because... Again, this whole thing about sports being so micromanaged down to like statistics and that is just like everyone's trying to play the 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 maximize the win loss uh, the win reward kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why the yeah. three point shot is now is now come back because people did the numbers on it and they realized that it's a good 
Yeah, you might as well just take a step shot. back and shoot a three. Right. So the the mid range yeah. where Jordan used to play is now like yeah. no one really plays that except maybe Kawhi likes it. Yeah. But the three point shot and the and the and the like zero to three foot in the paint kind of shots, those are the highest percentage shots. So sports is becoming almost like a mathematical algorithmic yeah. thing. Yeah, very much um, so. Overrated, underrated um, rule changes. Pick one. Could we could we get like a a two and a half point line? No. Because it seems like no one is open to any sort of fun rule changes in any sport. You, I'll tell you something about that. I remember when America was getting into football, <laughs> and they were talking about doing penalties like they do in ice hockey. And yeah. I fucking love that idea. Uh, yes, I thought so that'd they be have, amazing. Well, they have that in the MLS, don't they? Oh, do they? Yeah, they've had that in the MLS for the whole time. Okay, so that you, no. where you dribble from the halfway line, right? Yeah, that's how penalties. Are, that's how penalty shootouts are in the. MLS. I like that. Still, uh, they might have changed now. Okay, but uh, I don't believe they've changed. I still think they're the same. Um, we do those in our social games now. Right. Um, and, and it's great oh. fun. Way more fun than a penalty. <laughs> yeah. Way more fun than a penalty. But, but, um, you can't beat a penalty shootout for like intense kind of. Well, I mean, you'd know all about that, wouldn't you, Ben? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think they should have to back them up just a step or two at least. It's too easy. What? The penalty. It's a. What's the percentage a of penalties point, that's it's scored? It's 0.72 on the XP because I was listening to a discussion about that yesterday because uh, they were talking about Marcus Rashford, whose actual output is way higher than his XP should be, mm-hmm. um, because he scores much much harder goals. Um, if you had to predict like the next big rule change, what would it be? Baseball moving the. The mound back, or I think soccer allowing more substitutions, I, or you know. I, I'm gonna give you an answer to that. If you, uh, if you, I'll let Ben go first because you, you'd start, but I actually think I know the answer to that question. Ooh, uh, I the one that I would like, and I could see that there's a maybe a chance of it is that they'll move the three point line back. I was I was gonna mention that um, because the way that the three point shot is now, like a lot of people are getting the NBA is losing uh, viewership actually. I think some people think the reason for that is that now um, there's too many threes being taken and it's just the op- near, like I said earlier, it's the most optimal shot on mm. the court now is the corner three. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's kind of turning people off. So if they move that back, they were talking about doing like a four point line now because people are shooting from the <laughs> logo. So they're talking about doing a four point line. And I think there's a there's a danger here, and it happens in football sometimes to protect scorers because they they think that fans want to see higher scores. scores. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily true no, in any no. sport necessarily, because there's a lot of tension to a nil-nil. Americans yeah. don't seem to like it. They're like, oh, how can it be zero zero? That's so boring. But there's so much tension involved in a nil-nil yeah, or a one-one. If the game was any good. Uh yeah. And then for the NBA, I think um if they could that would also bring back the mid range because the mid range yeah. would increase in its in its uh risk or reward ratio. Uh and it would make three point shooters have to work a little bit better. Um so I would like to see the three point shot move back. I don't know if that's likely, unfortunately. What would be a what would be a, a- Mm, an acceptable distance to move it back a meter a meter and a half i think yeah, i think uh 50 centimeters to a meter will probably do it like three a three-point shot would be relegated to specialists you wouldn't see like joe below taking a three because anthony davis right i mean davis is a good three-point shooter. Three shooter but again he shouldn't be yeah 
Um, when you think of what his role should be within the team. Right. I mean, he'll never accept playing centre, unfortunately, mm. but that is his, definitely his natural position. Of, sorry, Anthony, that's just yeah. the way you should be playing. Yeah. You're obvi- an obvious centre. foot six. <laughs> his best defender in the league, probably. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Uh, absolutely massive in terms of length. Yeah, his, his and, wingspan is huge. You know, he should be, he should be playing centre. Yeah, Amita also would make um, the three-point shot be relegated to more specialists. Mm-hmm. Like Lillard and Collery's volume isn't going to go down. If anything, it'll go up. Because they will now become the designated shooter from mm. there, um, but and you'll and it'll be more impressive. Yeah, definitely. Like those logo shots are impressive. When yeah. Trey Young or or Murray or whoever pulls up at the logo and yeah. smashes it, it's like that's a fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. But right now, like if you look at the way Houston were playing, um, where they were doing this thing called Maury Ball, where they had they basically got rid of all their big players. They they got rid of Capella, who was a really good center, big guy, and he just got rid of him. And they just traded him for more three-point shooters. And all they're trying to do is move the ball around the perimeter and some, until someone gets open and take a three. It's just boring. Yeah. Yeah, Frankly, it's just boring. Uh, you want some How did action in the paint. You want some mid-range. Yeah. And, it, and it didn't work. It blew up in the face. Maury is now going to... Um, I don't know, actually. I've I not followed the... I think Maury has gone with... Uh, the funny thing is... Is, is this the... the GM or the GM is Daryl Morey. He famously got in trouble with the Hong Kong tweet. Oh, he retweeted somebody yeah. who he retweeted. This is how bad it was. It was he didn't even say anything. He retweeted someone else's support of Hong Kong. The reaction was immediate. You couldn't buy Houston Rockets merchandise in China. They took all the Houston Rockets games off. They the took air. all. They took all of the NBA off. I think they brought it most it's of back it back now. Right, right. Uh, but they took the whole of the NBA off for like right. eight months. Yeah, so the architect of this three-point system is Daryl Morey. He's now moved alongside the Clippers coach who's been fired. Yes. Um, and they've both gone to somewhere, and I want to say it's somewhere in the East, but mm. I can't think of where it is. Off but, you head. know, if that strategy would have worked out. Yeah, it was a, it was a know, big big gamble. But, nobody would um, be complaining. I would complain. It was boring to watch. I don't like watching Houston. I don't like James well, Harden's play. I think not, Russell Westbrook is one of the most overrated players. Yeah, that should definitely ever. be an overrated, underrated question. I'll give you um, one last one. I would like to go to the um, just to finish yeah, off the, point the rule change. The rule change. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, fourth and fifteen. Fourth and fifteen mm. from instead in of the a, NFL. In Ooh, the NFL, I like that one actually. Instead of a kickoff. So last year the NFL changed the rules that you now can't have a running start uh, at the kickoff. So now the percentage chance of retaining the ball from a 10-yard kick, kick, from an onside kick, has plummeted. Mm. And I think there was only two were recovered in the whole season mm. um, because you now can't get a running start at it. So what they're saying is that they want to make a rule change and instead of taking an onside kick, you get the ball back, fourth and fifteen wow. on the halfway line. That's exciting. I'd I'd fuck with that. So let to paint the picture. You there's two minutes to play. Uh, you drive down the field. You score a touchdown, but you're still three points, four points behind, and there's thirty seconds left on the clock. You would then statistically have taken an onside kick. Yeah. And with your team being able to run 
from 10 yards behind yeah, full and, pelt. and have full pelt and momentum, good chance of recovering the onside kick and then being kind of almost instantly within field goal range. Um, but now that they've made people stand stock still because of a safety issue, um, that now teams are saying, well, the chances of actually recovering the onside kick are now so low that it's not really fair. So they're looking at ways that they could change it up. And one of the ideas, which has received quite a lot of backing, is that you have this fourth, you get the ball back, but you're fourth and 15. Mm. And how does the other team feel about this? It seems well, to they're winning usually, so probably quite good. Yeah. And fourth and 15, <laughs> Plus fourth and 15 is fucking hard. Okay, and, and, <laughs> where, and where do you get it? On the halfway. Well, okay. you get it with, oh, you get it on the halfway. You get it on the halfway. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as you said, fourth and 15, that is not. An easy, uh, yeah, that's a great that one. Like for fa- for fans, I mean, ultimately it comes down to like, you know, keeping the sport alive for viewers and that kind of thing. Like the end of a game, if they're down fourteen mm-hmm. and they score a touchdown, they miss, they can't get the onside kick. It's just kind of like everyone's switched off. Yeah. at that point. But with yeah. this, this now, that's that's really good. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan that's of it. That's a good one. I thought when I first heard it, I thought it was really stupid. I was like, why would teams four and fifteen? No way, that's that's well worth a shot. Mm. But then actually, whilst it's still well worth a shot, it is extremely difficult to to actually get. Because if you get. stop them, yeah, then you, you basically you stop put them, the game. Well, away. yeah, I mean the game's to bed anyway. But if there's only sort of forty five seconds left or a minute and a half left, you're always going to recover your your or you'll never recover the onside kick now. It, the, Statistics mm. are yeah. so low. Can I ask, since we're on the topic of rule changes, what do you think of VAR? Well, I suppose that's the biggest rule change that there's been in, in certainly in English football yeah, or in football. One, um, it's, it's... Yeah, I think it takes too long. It's gone too far the other way now. I think it ends up causing more arguments than it than there were beforehand. You can get away with uh, human error. Referees mm. make a mistake. Well, that's fine. Yeah. But now you have the technology, so you can get the perfect result every time. But it takes five, six, seven minutes to get the answer. Mm. It, it breaks up the whole game. Mm. Fans in the stadium start to get antsy, get agitated. That can lead to trouble in itself. Um. So I, I'm not a fan of it at all. And your your opinion on that? Uh, I mean, these days I actually watch a lot of football, but they're using it in the NBA. But the annoying thing is that you can only challenge a call that has been made. Yeah. So if the if you feel like the referee's missed a foul, yes, an obvious foul, you can't do anything. Yeah, there's no recourse. There's no recourse at all. Um, so it, it's sort of get, and it, and if you if you are unsuccessful, you lose a timeout. Yeah. And they're obviously really valuable. Yeah, uh, especially the team that's behind. So I think that. The difference I will say is this, is that in the NBA, you're in the stadium, they have the TVs above, everyone can see what the referee's looking at directly, and it they usually get a decision done pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the players obviously appreciate a bit of a rest. Um, so I think it actually is okay in basketball, but um, it's a bit too restrictive on the way coaches are allowed to use it. And also, I don't think you get it back. I think you challenge... If you win, then it gets overturned, obviously, and you don't lose a timeout, but you, that's your only challenge for the game. So, I don't know. Mm. It's it's too... I think they've, they've... Maybe they're trying to do it slowly, but I think it's a bit too restrictive on the way coaches are allowed to use it. Um, but I think it's 
probably a good thing. It's funny, isn't it? If you look at it's, I mean, technology is now, uh, as we were saying earlier with this whole micromanaged uh, brand, technology is now massively important in sport and mm. it's used to track data of of how much people run and tracking diets and stuff like that. Mm. Going back to Opta statistics. Right, yeah. Uh, Sam, big Sam Allardyce. Um, but football is probably the worst sport for its use of technology with regards to VAR and challenges. Mm. Tennis has got it very well. It works mm. well in tennis. It works extremely well in rugby. Mm. The TMO, the touch match, the touch match official in rugby, sits up in a box and he looks over it. The referee down on the field, after a try has been scored, says, uh, yeah, Dave, is there any reason I can't give that try? <laughs> mm. And the referee will look at it from a couple of angles and he's like, no, there is no reason why you cannot give that, not give that try. Mm. And he's like, right, try, done. Right. Uh, but football just seems to fi always find the most convoluted, arse about face way of doing something yeah. and then double down on and that. And you don't hear them you know, have the conversation. No. Right, but you know, I think the reason for that is, well, there's, well, there's two things I want to say here. The first is that you forgot, which I think was kind of the pioneer of some technology. There were two. The first one was uh, hockey when they put that line across yes. the screen mm. was one of the first instances where that kind of technology was used. The second one, which you forgot, was Hawkeye, which I think was that actually led to it being used in tennis. Right. Hawkeye and cricket to to help the umpire know if the batsman is out LBW or or, or that kind of thing. And then, yeah. they, then they had the snickometer later. Oh, snicko. Um, so Hawkeye was the first thing to track the ball's flight through the pitch to know whether the batsman was in or out if the if the umpire didn't know yeah uh and so, we could see it on uh, at home and he could also request yes uh the thing so you missed out cricket and yeah, then you missed out the, the nhl yeah. which um apologies there to all our all our intrepid listeners yeah. right is this are they tracking after someone hit it or is this the pitch so after he's bowled the ball it hits somebody's <laughs> legs who were in front of the wickets so there's always the opinion of would that ball have carried on through if your leg was taken out of the equation? Yeah. Ah, would it okay. have carried on through and hit the wickets? This and is like an umpire so, calling balls and strikes. Yes. Yes. Very, very similar to your window. Yeah. Um, but it sounds even harder. So well, was he in the way? There's a couple of different things that you have to be thinking about. One is in cricket, obviously, the ball can be swinging, which means it's moving left to right. The second thing you have to think about is the pitch of the ball. How far up the pitch did it land first? So that means how high will it be at the end? And then how far out is the batsman? Like if he's suitably far out, maybe the ball yeah, would have hit and gone over the factors. back. Yeah, uh, cricket umpires wow. uh, are very good there. And the, the great thing about cricket umpires is they're usually pretty f***ing accurate. Yes. Like it's rare that they're really good. wrong. Yeah, extremely um, good. Especially if you look at the good old ones, Dickie Bird. Dickie Bird. Yeah. Rifle, is it Rifle, the New Zealand guy? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he used to have his uh, his little finger for the sixes right. and fours. And there was a, there was a Caribbean the guy. Yeah, the they were umpires, umpires. Yeah. But this is <laughs> Dickie Bird was his real name. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who was the Who was the Caribbean guy that used to ref a lot with glasses? Oh yeah, I can't think what his name is. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's the that's the other sport that I kind of grew up watching a lot of was was cricket. I mean, not saying a lot of that sounds too much, but the Ashes, basically. Yeah. Watch the Ashes every year. Um, watch England and Australia ashes. bash it out. The story of that is that the first international game between uh, England and Australia 
at the end they took the wickets and they burnt them and they put them in a little urn and that's what they play for each year and it goes back and forth who's holding it currently and then they have to wait a year until try and get it back or to retain it or whatever oh so the the urn is literally it's tiny six centimeters right it's like the world's smallest trophy yeah and that holds the ashes from the very first wickets that were used in the game, the very mm. first games. Do, of do, are they still in there? Has anyone checked? I, be, I believe I they know. are. Oh, you know what? A weird thing. I was on Reddit the other day, and they said, uh, to think, speaking of things that are still in there, Jack Kennedy's brain is missing. What? <laughs> it was stored by the Secret Service in the National whatever in like this little metal box. Uh, in 1965 or whatever, and then when someone looked in 1966, it was know. gone. <laughs> so someone out there has got JFK's brain, and they haven't brought it back. I think somebody has his penis as well. Wow. <laughs> they really fucking fucked that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did they fucking shoot him, but they took his brain and his dick. I, I, I wanted to maybe suggest that we wrap it up um, shortly, but before mm-hmm. that, so I saw this a, a tweet on Reddit. And um, I just w- I wonder if you guys could just explain to me why this is why this had so many upvotes and why it was so funny mm-hmm. <clears throat> to other people. It says Gary Lineker in brackets. Strange scenes as at Eric Dyer runs off the pitch to the dressing room, followed by followed hastily by Mourinho. Then Dyer runs back out to resume playing. Presumably he needed the loo. And then the next sentence says. Players just don't shit on the pitch anymore. That's hilarious. What's wrong with them? That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, Do you want to go? Uh, you go. I, I know the story, but I don't remember the, the year and, and when it was exactly. I think it, I think it was in a tournament. It's either Italian 90 or it would have been, um, it might have been so, 86, Spain. Yeah, so Gary Lineker tweeting that story is funny because... Gary Lineker once in an England Can game. I just, before you start, do both of you know why this is... Yeah. Anyone of our generation... This makes is sense to everyone. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Anyone who's over the age of 35 in the UK. So they literally mean shit? Yeah, he shit literally. on the pitch, on the so side of the pitch. It, yeah, he just crouched and squatted and took a dump and then carried on playing. You see, I'll tell you what, and this is kind of I touched on it earlier, which makes me kind of a, it just makes football feel so sterile now. Is that like I said, every player is a brand, yeah, and every player like has to kind of think about not like how he appears. I, I'm not, I don't mean shitting specifically, They're but like nowadays, shame, but. like at that time, this is what I, this is what I was trying to say. Football players were football players. That's what yeah. they did. And if he needed to take a shit. <laughs> and they were down in the World Cup. He was going to fucking shit on the sideline. This side is in line. the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in a World Cup or a what? European Championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it really happened. But he would just take a shit on the pitch. And and on the side, sorry, on the side he of the pitch. He did this more say. than once? I, no, no, no. <laughs> I phrased that quite badly. But what I mean is, if, it, if, it, if England were losing and you're playing for fucking England in the World Cup and you need to take a shit, you just shit on the sideline and carry on running. Yeah. But nowadays, it would be utterly unthinkable. And you know what I think the high watermark of this was? Was Eric Cantona at Selhurst Park. I think that was the last truly great event that a in player would, would never even do now. And it was, it was just kind of despicable what yes, happened. Yes, I mean, to stoop to that level. Right. It, it was, was the, a, a it was genuine last, expression. It was the last true act of self-expression. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Without any fear of 
Um, how will it look? How will it look? Yeah. How will it be interpreted? How will this affect me? Right. He just did not give a shit. Yeah. There was one recently that which I saw actually, and it's kind of related. Was when Eric Dyer went in the crowd. Into the crowd. Yeah. But I mean, uh, even, similar that veins. Was, even that was uh, well managed, so yeah. to speak, from a brand perspective. Right. The reasoning behind him going into the crowd was that his brother mm. had been abused. And it, doesn't his brother suffer from some illness? I think so. Yeah. Um, so it was very, very quickly from Tottenham and from Eric Dyer's kind mm. of marketing company. It was spun. Right. That there was a, a very good reason behind him doing so. Mm, but it did seem genuine. Whereas a lot of these expressions from players, like whether on or off the court now, just seem purely performative. Yeah. Like just for the brand's sake. But that was mm. a genuine, it seemed like a genuine anger. Yeah, he was, anger he was and, generally pissed off. Mm. And he wasn't going to stand for it. And yeah. I, I fully respected that. Right. But the Cantona one, like I say, as negative as it was, that was a person behaving sincerely and genuinely. So... I think we could probably just wrap it up there. But before we end, we have to have a word on cats. Just a word on cats. Just uh, an update. Okay. Word on the cats. The current word on cats is that I am made Your it, cats making or any cats, it, really. I'm making it my mission to make you have a cat soon. Because you mentioned you, casually at the when we went camping that you were thinking about, oh, we discuss it sometimes and this, that, and yeah, So that's my mission I'd, right now. I definitely cats. like the idea of owning pets, but. You know, then there's the whole thing where they piss and shit everywhere and you have to buy them things, you know, medical care, food. Yeah. <laughs> the cat thing, uh, I think you're basically, um, there's a, a friend of mine, Travis, who's recently gotten possession of both a kitten and a puppy. <laughs> and I'll leave you with this because you're thinking mm. about it completely the wrong way. He said to me the other day when I met me, he was like, I didn't realize I could love an animal so much. And mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. there are so many reasons not to have a, a cat specifically. Not that many that I think are really credible, but a couple. Like, you know, you mentioned like going on vacation, you have to pay for the health Yeah, I didn't get into that. Ultimately, as soon as you get it, like within a few hours, you'll be like, holy fuck, I should have done this years ago. And that's how good it is having a pet. So uh, it's like it's a just drug. great. It's just like having a little friend in your house yeah. who doesn't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Like, like you don't have to like... That is appealing. It's yeah, it's just dog. a thing that wants your attention without you having to think. You just do the thing with the petting and it likes it and you both feel good. And you don't have to... It doesn't, you know... It's a lot easier than a child. It's so much... It's so much better than um, <laughs> uh, than you think. <laughs> well, is what I would say. Yeah. Well turned. And there's so say... low maintenance... Honestly, I would say I you will you will think that. You will think, uh, like, after a, a week or two, you think we should have done this years ago. And I'll tell you the other thing. You know, uh, it's always the guy that, like, is like, oh, I don't want a pet, I don't want a pet. And then, yeah. like, the, the, the picture later is the, is the cat just laying on him and, like, they actually love each other and they, you know what I mean? That's always the one that gets most into yeah. it. <laughs>